Anna, I hope you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) You're the worst. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Hour. Today, Anna and I are excited to have a couple of guests joining us on the podcast. We have Kyle Mitchell and Jeremy Green from the uh, from the Social Ninjas podcast joining us today. Hey guys, how are you all doing? Amazing. Yeah, awesome. We're excited to be here. Thank you so much. Anna, you were recently on the Social Ninjas podcast. Can you tell us a little bit of what that was like? Yeah, so uh, Kyle and Jeremy reached out to me um, to talk about my experiences with my mental health journey and then um, asked me a lot of questions about what I do now as a coach. And we had a really amazing and really long conversation. Um, And the episode just came out a few days ago. So you guys should definitely go check it out. Yeah, we're going to be plugging the heck out of this podcast throughout this entire episode. (laughs) Definitely go listen to it. Uh, Social anxiety. uh, Sorry. The... Social Ninjas podcast. Uh, I listened to like the first 45 minutes and it was great. And I have like, I think 30 more minutes to go. So uh, I'm definitely going to be tuning in for the rest of that one. Um, But why don't we let our guests, you know, introduce themselves. We would really uh, appreciate if maybe you can tell us your story of uh, your personal story about struggling with social anxiety and mental health. Um, if, If that's okay, Kyle, would that be all right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, ever since I was, ever since I can remember, I struggled with social anxiety. I didn't realize at the time that it was social anxiety until later, kind of looking back, it's like, oh, okay, that's what that was. But I grew up going to a really small private school, and I had a really small group of friends, and I felt pretty comfortable around them. And so I was... You know, I felt pretty good when I was kind of in my little small circle outside of them. I did feel some anxiety, but like I said, I didn't know that's what it was. Uh, for, for example, just like getting up and, you know, blowing my nose in the middle of class. I could not do that. Mm. <laughs> I just had too much anxiety about people like uh, judging me and thinking like, well, what's this guy doing? Why is he getting up? Oh my goodness. He's blowing his nose so loud. Like be quiet. Yeah. And I just had all that stuff running through my head and I didn't realize how big of a problem it was for me until I transferred from my really small private school that I was going to into a very large public school at the beginning of my sophomore year of high school. So my, uh, my class at my private school had about 50 kids in it. And then I transferred to a school that had uh, about 400 kids in my class. Yeah, so it was uh, quite the culture shock. I mean, uh, lots of different factors. I mean, I didn't know anybody at the school. I've never been to a public school. I was riding a bus to school for the first time. So, yeah, I had an extreme amount of anxiety just walking in, especially that first day. And... Yeah, it was uh, definitely quite the journey in high school. I always tell people that high school was the worst part of my life, but it was also the best part. Yeah, yeah I would I would fully support that statement, <laughs> especially <laughs> yeah. in terms of anxiety, because that's the time of our lives where, you know, we're really trying to fit in and find our place. And like, we care so much about what people think. And um, I think, you know, yeah, we're just so susceptible to 
peer pressure and all of those things. So it just, it's the perfect storm to, um, for social anxiety to be amplified. Yeah. And I could relate to going from a small private school and then going to a, um, public school where the group of kids that I was with since kindergarten, in my case, all the way to just as you did my sophomore year. So my junior year, and my senior year was in a public high school. So that was a big change for me as well. So I can definitely relate to that. Uh, that's a big culture shock. A shock. I actually felt in my experience, even though I was shy, um, I, I it felt a little liberating because if, if it was easier for me to kind of hide um, within a bigger system, especially since I knew all of those kids for 11 years of my life before that. Did, did you experience that or was it always like you mentioned something that you were just you felt super amplified because there was more people around you? Yeah, I felt super amplified. Mm. Um, I do relate to the sense a little bit that it was easier to hide. So I remember, <laughs> I remember the first like month or so of school, you know, I would I would get off the bus and I realized that the bus would drop you off like 40 minutes before a class even started. Oh. And I was like, shoot, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't have like friends to talk to or hang out with. And so uh, I, I used a strategy of kind of blending in. And so what I started doing was I started just walking in these uh, in the in the hallways in like this giant circle, just kind of blending in with this mass of people. Uh, just to kind of just kill those 40 minutes because I did not want to be like, you know, sitting in the corner and feel like people were watching me. But, you know, no, I thought nobody would ever notice me if I would just kind of blend in and just keep walking for like 40 minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, can, I get that I can, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that too. Like I know when I started a new school and my anxiety was super bad because my my anxiety really started in high school as well. Um, it, I mean, I definitely saw like, now I can see red flags of it being, you know, present throughout my life, but high school is definitely where it, where it peaked. Um, and I used to sit in the bathroom. I would like hide in stalls and stuff like that just to avoid people. Cause I also had that like, Oh, if I'm sitting down, I'm going to look weird if I'm sitting by myself and you know, I just don't know what to do. Right. And, um, I, yeah. So anyway, instead of walking in circles more, I'd go hide in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I <did> that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeremy, if, if you could also share your, your, uh, maybe your, your personal story of struggling with, with social anxiety and, and, and somewhat of your mental health as well. Yeah, I have a, I didn't go from a private to a public school, but I did like when I was in elementary school, we had a certain amount of kids and then there's maybe the, I'm in Culver city and then I think five or six, uh, elementary schools kind of came together and blend it together for middle school. Wow. And my social anxiety came from being bullied. Mm-hmm. So it was a little different. Like I was pretty, I was class clown in elementary school. And then I got to middle school and I got, I had it where um, my oldest brother, who was living with autism, would take out his, how the world was overstimulating for him out on me. And he'd, he'd bully me and beat me up pretty badly. Mm-hmm. And then, so I kind of internalized that story of I'm the, I'm the punching bag. And then I took that with a situation I had with my best friend at the time. And he kind of, we got in a fight and instead of, you know, hashing it out, he decided to spread rumors about my family and just, you know, he had like a crew of people that would make my life a living hell. Like it was awful. Yeah. Um, I had like half empty bottles of Powerade like thrown at my head from the second story. I had 
you know, these two guys who I don't know if you guys ever heard of Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thing called the Stunner. Oh no! Where, like two guys at the same time grabbed my neck and pulled me to the floor, and I hit my head on the on the floor of the hallway, and I went into like my English class, and I just still remember like my crush was there, and I'm like in tears, just crying, just yeah. mortified. Um, and yeah, it was basically it was cool to pick on me and bully me. And they like kind of started the anti-Jeremy movement and it was like cool to mess with me. And I, it got so bad. I had to hang out with the grade level underneath me. And I, I still have like random um, memories of just how bad my confidence was. I still remember like there was this girl that came up to me at one point. I had a big crush on her. <laughs> and it's not something from like a movie. Now I look back at it. And I'm spilling my Snapple as I'm talking to her. I had no idea. Your Snapple? <laughs> yeah, so... I love how specific that is. Yeah. <laughs> what flavor, though? Kiwi, kiwi strawberry. Of course it was. Oh. <laughs> and like, she's like, I'm Jeremy. You're spilling your Snapple. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. So, yeah. I, I kind of continued that for... A long time, for many years into like high school, I just never really, I never found my click. I kind of was just a wanderer. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too now. I don't know if you guys can relate, but like I have so many memories of, you know, yeah, being bullied by somebody in high school or, um, you know, just really embarrassing moments, things that were like, you know, traumatizing or semi-traumatizing and like I look back now and it is kind of like a movie right and and I just hearing you tell that story and hearing you be able to like giggle about it now you know which like Mm. of course like back then it was not a laughing matter you know and Mm. bullying isn't a laughing matter of course but I know for me like there's so many things that I can look back at now and I'm like man that was so painful back then but now I can kind of giggle and it just, it makes my life seem a little bit more animated and maybe it gave me a little bit of my personality and my edge, right? Like I'm, I'm sarcastic and I, like, there's so much about me that I feel like came because of those specific experiences, good and bad, you know? Yeah. No, I, 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 I yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like a lot of times the challenges we've gone through in our lives give, give us our superpowers nowadays. Yeah. That's an um, awesome give, way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like i in, in my case it's it's kind of funny um just like even saying it out loud but in elementary school i was actually elementary school junior high and high school like i would never like use the restroom at school like mm-hmm. i would not want to do it and and specifically like dropping the number two so because i actually in elementary <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because like now i'm just like what like how was i so nervous about that but what happened was that two grade levels above us. So I think I was in like first or second grade. No, it must have been second grade because that's like when we would join for kindergarten and first grade in my school were like their own thing. And then mm-hmm. second grade through like sixth grade was like their own section. So two grade mm-hmm. levels above us, I saw them like a group of these kids go into like the restrooms and look for people who were trying to do that and like kick doors, uh, kick the door open, laugh at them. I don't think I've ever seen them do swirlies. But like that traumatized me, like my friends would talk about it and they're like, never use a restroom. Like if they find you in there, they're going to like give you hell. Um, and and like I said, like now this is like, like, I can't believe I was nervous about like relieving myself if I needed to 
when I was a kid, but that's how serious it was. Like you talk about pain, like it was also physical pain. Sometimes I couldn't wait to get home just mm-hmm. so that I could use the restroom. And it's, it's sad because I didn't talk to anybody about it. I don't think we even told teachers about it just because we would get into, you know, quote unquote trouble with these kids even more so. Because since it was a private school that relied on the tuition of some of these kids, like they could get suspended, but they come right back. So yeah. like you kind of felt like you were in this cycle of like, I'm just not going to say anything and, and hold on to whatever I can um, yeah. until I until I can find a, a way to get out of school to do what I need to do. So there's also the social aspect. Did you find it where if you told on the person you'd like, really, you told mm-hmm. with, with these yeah. kids, they were vengeful. So, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, they followed <laughs> I followed them for for until I left that school. Yeah, I had a, I had a story. This girl summer, I'll never forget this. She were in math class, and she kicked me as hard as she could in the shin, just so she can tell people she did it. What? And yeah, and my first reaction was, you know, kick her back. So uh-huh. I kicked her back, and we're in the we were in the principal's office, and she's changing the story, trying to make it seem like make herself look better, like make me look worse and worse and worse. And but in the process, she kept changing the story. <laughs> I'm like, yes. You hear that? She keeps changing the story. She's lying. Yeah. And guess what, Jeremy? We don't like summer. Okay. We don't like. Summer. We don't like summer. Summer can't sit with us. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So so uh, he ended up uh, letting me go back to class, and she went to in-school suspension. And I thought that was like a big win. I'm like, yes, I finally got a win. But, but no, everybody trash talks me. I'm like, can't believe what you did with summer what so she got she so she got like double the clout like she kicked you as hard as she could and then she Uh had in school suspension and like everyone trashed you that's so much yeah trash talked me i was so sad i don't care i felt good i'm like got one yeah (laughs) that's harsh i and it's crazy how these like you know just kind of like anna said like we're talking about these things and we're laughing about it now but like back then traumatizing yeah we 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 just couldn't get out of this um restraint that we put ourselves in and and we didn't really I didn't realize like how much I was limiting myself in terms of you know enjoyment or 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 why I was so shy was all these things that I was just so nervous about all the time which I did carry like I one of the things that I used to say all the time I still kind of say like if I went to elementary school with the knowledge I have now I'd rule like I'd be so great in elementary (laughs) school or high school no one would touch me and it's just like yeah it's the best little yimmy would rule the school yeah i had people who would call me yimmy it made me feel so bad i'm just kidding that's the thing that anna does now yeah Yeah. i do i'm bullying him okay i can't help it jimmy's Jimmy's my friend yeah i can't help it it's just in my nature you know (laughs) if you don't mind me asking the both of you um when like what inspired you to use podcasting as a platform to talk about these things that like things that we were just talking about right now um or other um issues or other um topics that tend to be taboo or even difficult to talk about like what made you come to the point where both of you were like hey let's do a podcast go ahead kyle (laughs) i think we've already touched on it a little bit i think uh the the first thing was just doing that Instagram live that we did, uh, we coded or whatever. That was actually the first time we ever uh, talked face to face was on this Instagram live too. <laughs> <laughs> Just like another dynamic, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was all about, 
Yeah, it was all about building confidence, I think it was. And while we didn't have a ton of people watching, the people that did watch were they loved it, it. a really engaged audience and like they were loving it. And then, and then it was kind of like, we should do a podcast. And then we like screwed around with the idea for like a couple months, I think. And then we actually started recording. <laughs> you guys doing uh, social distancing before it was cool. <laughs> or, or required by the government, whatever you want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's why we've never met. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't... <laughs> it was, I don't know. I think um, I... It was a challenge. It was one of those things. The, the thing that got me to where I am right now is just doing a challenge that I knew from the gut was a good idea but scared me and just keep kept on doing that over and over. And how can I top the next challenge? And the podcast was that next thing in line. It allowed a space for um, us to connect with people authentically and it would also have us learn in the process. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you, um, that you said, like, you know, looking at what the next challenge is, because I, I really believe that, you know, our, like the magic is always in the work. That's like the scariest to us, you know, whatever that next thing is. And it can be so scary to take the steps towards those things. But like, not only do you create an impact, especially with what you guys do, right. With your message, but you're, you know, you're leading by example. And then you also create more freedom for yourself in your life, because when you, you know, challenge yourself and you, you confront those fears, then you, creates more space in your life to actually experience life rather than oh, yeah. rather than fear whether it's social anxiety or it's any other kind of fear because at the end of the day fear is just fear um you know like it, it really does limit your life so you know mm. being able to move past that that's that's amazing did you guys have um like the same did you guys connect because you guys had the same kind of message and the same kind of story like how did that happen <laughs> you got this, Kyle? Uh, no, I, think you should, uh, yeah. I hope it's a really good, embarrassing story, and I just like called you guys out right now. <laughs> There's Anna, her and her, yeah. her and her encouragement, quote unquote, bully. Yeah. This is me. <laughs> well, at the time, I actually I had more followers than Kyle. I want to brag. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> he was just starting out. I think he had like two or three hundred followers, and I'm like, oh crap. This guy has social anxiety. Oh my god, so did I. And then I reached out to him, and then we um we started following each other. Like I was like, I kind of reached out. I was like, dude, we have like the same mission. That's like <laughs> one of those bromance situations. Yeah. And then at one point he unfollowed me, and I'm like, hey, bro, you unfollowed oh. me. What's up? <laughs> I called him out. <laughs> <laughs> and then like later on, he like misconstrued the story. He's like. You were just reaching out because you wanted a shout out. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like two or three hundred followers. <laughs> it was real. You know it's real when they reach out to you and they, when you have three hundred followers or less. Yeah, that's how you know the love is real. <laughs> that's how you know. There was nothing he could have gotten from you, Kyle. God. <laughs> Man, this just turned into ragging on Kyle. Kyle's over here like, what's happening? You hear me. <laughs> Muffs the numbers a little bit, but we'll go on. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's how you know the love is real. <laughs> this bromance is real. That's hilarious. Oh my god. 
I'm glad I'm glad so, Anna and I didn't decide to do a podcast over followers because I never I never do work like on, on on my social media anymore. Like I used to I used to be more up to date and then I realized um that it was actually getting too much a hold of my life, like my personal account. So I, I have an account where where I kind of talk about the the grief of of my mother dying from cancer for um, over three years ago. So that's like how Anna and I decided to do healing hour. But mm. Um, mm. If it had to do with with social media activity and and it was based off that, Anna would have been doing me the favor the whole time because like <laughs> Anna's been on top of this game for like four years, and so uh-huh. it, I you know I, I I guess I just kind of uh, by being able to do the production part of it, I was like, hey Anna, and she was like, um yeah okay that that kind of works <laughs> out. <laughs> Yeah, I even for my for my uh, solo podcast, I record, I email it to Jimmy, and I'm like, send it to me when it's done. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I like, I'm so I can. <laughs> Just here you go, Jimmy, please and thank you, love you. That's <laughs> so funny, dude. She's like busting out pods left and right right now for human becoming, and I'm really really proud of her. So yeah, absolutely, all the support yeah. in the world for Anna. Um, what? Anna, who didn't want to do pods at first. Wow, that's like me. I didn't want. I never wanted to do free hugs, and then I did it, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah, I heard about that. That's really um. <laughs> when when I listened to your first episode, I wanted to actually bring that up. Um, considering when when did you do this? Was it th- this episode was in late December? Did you do it around December? Um, I did it. I think the first time I did it was like a year or two. Ago. Okay. Okay. Cause like something, um, you know, it's weird. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just one more comment. No, no. It's just listening to that type of story in this day and age right now. Like oh. it's, it's only for us right now in this time, like in two or three years when there's a vaccine and nobody's worried about, you know, COVID-19, people are going to hear that story and be like, oh yeah, like the free hugs. Like I get that. The free hugs challenge. But like right now, I just listened to it this morning. I'm like, holy crap, you were out there giving <laughs> free hugs to people on the challenge. Like, mm. sorry, please tell your story. That's amazing. Oh, no, I, I love it. I, I, I started the free hugs challenge because I was inspired by someone else. I was uh, on the a radio station uh, for this, this girl who uh, did, has been, had been doing free hugs for 10 years. Mm. And she had really bad social anxiety. And I was inspired, and she challenged me to do it. <laughs> and, and no joke, I was terrified to do it when I first did it. I knew, like deep down, I really wanted to do it. And I remember I was, I was like, I'm gonna go out 10 a.m. sharp. I'm gonna get free hugs. I got out there like 4 p.m. I, like, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I literally have anxiety. Yeah, and I'll never forget that first. A uh, few seconds. I felt like a few years. I'm just putting up the sign, <laughs> like on the, the you know Third Street Promenade. Yeah, I did it on Third Street Promenade and see all the faces just like turned to see what I was doing, and I'm like, ugh. Oh, uh, <laughs> if growing. you if you can put yourself out there though, especially like in a place like L.A. I feel like you know where L.A. just it's, I mean, I'm not, I don't, we don't have to sugarcoat it. We're all adults here. Like, like Ellie's definitely known to not be like full of the nicest people just because it's so fast paced, at least like in, mm. in my experience. I mean, I think there's obviously great people there too, but because it's like, there's a very competitive nature about LA just with like the residents it draws in. If you can go sit on a street corner in LA and get through that, that's, at least in my opinion, like that, that's so much proof of 
how much anxiety and how many things you can face, right? Like mm-hmm. other things that don't compare to oh, that, was, especially when it comes to like social. Yeah, anxiety. I was I was so terrified, and I put my like, and people I would tell that I'm I'm about to do it kind of judged me as well because they were kind of projecting their own you know uh, soul anxiety and they're throwing it at me and they were almost attacking me because it made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and that was interesting. I like learned a lot. And then I, I did it for two hours. I just remember sitting at a cafe after two hours of free hugs. And I did it for the challenge. And I just had people that I hugged that were cried in my arms. Yeah. And this one lady I'll never forget. She's like, I just got through divorce. And I lost my job. And she's like, thank you. I just really, really needed a hug. And then I had this other girl who's going to college and she's, she's told me how she's going through a very hard time. And ever since she direct messaged me on Instagram, she's ever since that hug, things have been turning around. I'm like, whoa, this thing's real. Well, yeah. Cause I think it, it like, it creates like for you, it's, you know, you did it for like multiple reasons. Right. But like, number one is to like get through something that like around social anxiety, something that's, um, you know, had an impact in your life. Right. And then, but for other people and, and for you too, there's also like the human connection, the, the kindness aspect the, you know, kind of, I don't know, at least for me, like I, I'm a cheese ball, but I'm like, Oh, it makes me think of, you know, we're all one, right? Like we all need mm-hmm. hugs and we all need to just like be reminded that, you know, things are okay. And that, you know, people are kind and that the world is a good place because it's really easy to forget that. Yeah. I, it's it's I love those stories where it, it kind of starts out as a challenge and then turns into spreading kindness. I yeah. mean, I, I sort of, sort of, yeah, I, was, I, I had a lot of those situations. Like I, I started Jeremy Talks to Strangers just to kind of practice for a gig interviewing celebrities, and that turned into just, you know, I loved connecting with strangers. I stopped interviewing stra- uh, celebrities, and I started just continually uh, interviewing normal people, and I, I enjoyed that so much more. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, what do what do you guys see um, like happening for the social ninjas? Do you guys have a vision for it? Or are you kind of just rolling with the punches and seeing where it goes? Um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Go ahead, Kyle. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that we have in the works right now is we're trying to create and release a kind of positive psychology um, clothing line, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of behind the Social Ninja's name. So that's uh, something we're excited about doing. And then as far as like the podcast itself, really just rolling with the punches. I mean, I honestly, I don't have a whole lot of goals for the podcast other than just to have like really good conversations with people. Like, I don't want to ever get off the podcast and be like, oh, that was a waste of time. Like, I want to I want to learn every time and I want to feel like other people are learning as well. So I think as long as we do that and we just focus on having those good conversations, you know, we'll continue to grow and be somewhere that I don't think uh, we could even imagine at this point right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm really excited to see where the the clothing line heads. That's awesome. Yeah, I just came up with a new another idea for a shirt. Ready for this? Free air hugs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so in right now. <laughs> you know, I just I... thought of I just thought of um what's the guy's name? Um from Zoolander. He's uh, the 
It's so in right now. It's so ben hot. Stiller. Uh, no. Um, Will Ferrell oh says that. Blue, Blue Will Ferrell. Yeah. What, what's his uh, name in the movie, though? Uh, Blue Steel. No, Blue Steel is the look oh, that Zoolander. Ben's... Yeah, you're right. Okay, we're totally failing here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I will, I've never seen the movie, so. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, uh, no, uh, I don't know his character's name, but yeah, it's Will Ferrell. He's like, he's so hot right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really oh, funny. Totally, yeah, it's like one of my one of my favorite movies, and I totally oh, then you're failing. Anyway. That's you're what, failing. That's what came. That's what came to mind when you were saying that. I was like, it's so hot right now. <laughs> You know, you know what I what I think is interesting is like the possibilities and the potential it's you have. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's Mugatu. Just quick Google. Um, um, I, 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 the the potential for for podcasts like social um, the social ninjas in terms of how many people you can reach out to now. Um, not not only during this time because there um, a lot of people might find themselves with more free time, but just because of the type of social awareness that we're having these days of uh, mental health and um, how good it is to connect with people even though we can't see them in face to face compared to where that possibility was just just maybe six months ago has you know it, it it's so much greater these days so and 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 I'm hoping that this is a movement. In terms of again of personal connection, even though it's it might be you know through podcasts or it might be through phone calls or something like that, might continue on growing even after we find ourselves out of the worst part of this pandemic. So I, I would say for the podcast, the possibilities are endless right now. I I even if you're just even without like a, a set goal or a plan, I feel like there's only an upwards movement at the moment just because there's so many people you can talk to and then you can educate. Not only yourself, as you said, but your audience as well, um, to so many different um, skills or, or 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 things that people who come onto your podcast can talk about. So I'd be really excited yeah. about that. Yeah, just just kind of like piggybacking on what Kyle said. We also have like so many random ideas, like you know, do um, where we help people connect with others and help people heal, like doing online programs. And another thing I kind of added on that's really new is whenever we. I want to talk to Anna about this, but whenever we do, uh, we have a guest, we kind of come up with like a social that we do on Zoom. And that uh, is such a beautiful way just just for the connection dynamic of it. And also it gives uh, the people that are listening to the podcast the opportunity to kind of like build a relationship as well. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. So we had two um, on Monday. So we're going to work on doing some more as well. But I just, I just like that. For me, I just, it's the connection dynamic. And, and I, I love that so much. And just continue like doing more challenges. Like we had a, a TEDx speaker, Gary Ware, come on on Monday. And he is all about purposeful play. Mm -hmm. And he inspired me to do something really goofy I wanted to bring up, actually. Um, let's just say the end result. Is, I think we have like six or seven TEDx speakers coming on soon. That's awesome. That's amazing. The way Kyle's already laughing. The way I did that is I created an Instagram called Jeremy's Number One Fan. Wow. Tell and us more. Yes. Yeah, it was 
just like a, like a my inner child, just having a good time and just like self love of Jeremy mixed with like me just goofing off, just being a troll is like really hilarious. So what I so what I did is I went I went on Jeremy's Jeremy's number one fan, and I looked up TEDx hashtags. I just searched by TEDx hashtags. And I wrote on the comments of their like speeches, like, "Hey, you got you should podcast with Jeremy talks to strangers." Oh hey. no, <laughs> yeah, that's wrote, awesome. And I wrote, "He's he's amazing," just like because <laughs> I don't I don't like self promoting, right? So you do it from account. another account. <laughs> that's so good. That's brilliant. <laughs> I was hilarious. I'm, I couldn't sleep. I did it until Instagram blocked me. I can't post with that account for two days now. Uh, <laughs> I see. Because you too much activity. Like they're like bot activity or something like that. Yeah. So I think, yeah. But out of that, I got like uh, six people, seven people that are TEDx speakers are down to be in the podcast. I, I wasn't doing it for that. I was kind of just goofing off. Yeah. But I just, I mean, it goes along with like a lot of our themes of our podcast, just doing the reps, doing the reps it takes with our, our mental health. That's yeah. true. I, that's a really good point. There's something, um, I understand the, the part where you say you don't want to do self-promoting. I also understand how much anxiety, um, I felt when I would reach out to do interviews. I used to do another podcast with a friend of mine about Brazilian soccer players and, mm. Um, we would reach out on Twitter to people, uh, just like who were based in Brazil or who are based in other countries, which Brazilian, uh, the Brazilian soccer team would be playing against. So like South America, we would reach out to people in South America and it's, even though it's just like a tweet or sometimes if their DMS are open, it was just like a simple DM. Hey, like I produced this podcast. Would you be willing to come onto the podcast to talk about such and such like just typing that out and putting it out there is so nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I also learned kind of like what you just did right now was like people are normally willing to talk to you. Like all you have to do is reach out. Like they don't even come back and they're like, well, how much are you going to pay me? Like most people are just like, Oh yeah. Like when do you want to set this up? And that feeling of euphoria of landing an interview as i'm sure you you landed six <laughs> i mean i can't imagine what you're feeling right now but in, it's, in, thir- in 30 minutes <laughs> that is nuts like i would just go so into crazy. overload right like what are you like how are you still standing like i probably would knock out for for a couple of hours of just like i can't believe this happened <laughs> but like you said it's just about putting yourself out there sometimes even though you're exposing yourself it's really vulnerable especially like what you were doing was um you were commenting on their speeches right so that people can see that it's not like you're hitting up their dms um i remember when i would have to tweet at people so like my friends or whoever follows me on twitter which isn't that many people but like they would see me tagging this person and be like hey are you, do you want to like would you be willing to come onto the podcast to talk about this and if they don't answer back like nobody cares like i scroll through my in my uh timeline on on twitter and like i see tweets going out all the time and i never i'm like oh i need to focus if they're gonna like answer back but i just felt so exposed putting it out there so uh, yeah. kudos yeah. kudos to you for just like going out and like nabbing all these interviews that's amazing and are you gonna yeah. do them all on zoom because i was 
I was just wondering Zoom. right now, yeah, like, are you going to be recording the videos as well? Because I know Zoom has that capability. Like, you might even yeah, we, have. We have been doing that lately. Um, the the futures, I'm going to start putting them on our Social Ninjas uh, YouTube. Nice. Yeah, I was about to say, do you have a YouTube? So We do. I haven't, yeah. I, I'm not too versed with uh, practice, I should say, with YouTube. <laughs> I kind of had one going with Jeremy Talks to Strangers, and I was going to go all out with it at one point. I kind of did a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it's such something I need to learn. I, th- I think um, just I kind of wanted to piggyback on what you said. It's just uh, like I heard you it was really nerve wracking to go out there and just do the you know put yourself out there with the Twitter and everything. And it was just for me, I like to look at it as it's because you're trying to pick up a weight and you just weren't strong yet. You know, it's just just doing the reps. Like a lot of times, I don't. It's, concentrating on uh what you can control not what you can't control concentrating on your effort not the actual results is what makes it so much more fun and um easier in their mental and mental health when i like that you i like the the element of play because that's like for me i'm a very like playful person by like by nature um and so for me i noticed that when i just go into things like the way that you went in just kind of like messing around and being like let's just see what happens you know like and it's like obviously it'd be like cool if this ha- if something happens here you know great if not whatever it's just fun and it's just like you know like you said like doing those reps um it's it's just interesting what what becomes of those things. And I feel like when we, when we, when we're hard on ourselves or, and we get really attached to outcomes or we internalize, um, we internalize like rejection as if it means something about us. Like I know for me, like it, rejection was hard at first around my business, if, especially if I would reach out to certain people or, you know, if, um, if I felt like somebody didn't want to work with me in terms of coaching, cause I, it was easy for me to be like, Oh, well, is it something I'm doing or not doing? Like, you oh, know, yeah. does somebody, does somebody not want to come on my podcast because, you know, I don't, they don't like my message, whatever it may be. Right. And then I just like realized that number one, you know, not making something mean something about me, right. Like somebody else's opinions and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. and really like rejection is always redirection, Mm. right? Like if somebody's like, no, I don't want to be on your, your podcast, bro. I'd be like, all right, well next person. Right. But like, I like Mm. the element, I like the, the energy of play because when you're playful, you go after things in a much more carefree way. And I think yeah. actually, like, we know how bold kids are, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because they've never been through any trauma. Yeah, yeah. they don't know yet. <laughs> they don't know yet. But, you know, Touch but this hot stove. It's going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's so interesting because I, I think about that a lot. Like, it's like, okay, well, you know what if like the fear of all the po- the bad possibilities weren't there right to like haunt us and stop us from doing things what if we really just were like okay but what if this really works out and what if this gets me closer to where i want to be because even if it's rejection it's still getting me closer to where i want to be because it's making me more um like it- it's helping me receive rejection because rejection is healthy like mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah and even today i think i i always i still still do it like i try to be a person my word like, i try video chatting my friend and they didn't answer and i'm like all right well I'm gonna, i looked at it like i was going to the gym like, all right i gotta i gotta now i gotta video chat 10 of my friends yeah yeah <laughs> no no one was answering but i didn't concentrate on the non-answering i concentrate on getting 10 yeah 
Yeah, and sure. I, ended, I ended up having like a really dope conversation <clears throat> with a friend of mine who lives in Canada in Vancouver. And I wouldn't have had that if I didn't do those reps. And yeah. He's, yeah. He's amazing. Like he, he's awesome. I met him doing free hugs in Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I stayed with him for a few days. And when he came out to LA, we hung out. He'd never been to LA and he visited me. Like that comes from rejection. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think people look at rejection as a failure or again, like internalize it like, oh, you know, there's stories that we tell um, ourselves about, you know, why things happen and why they didn't like us and why we're not good enough, you know? And I think that that's like, that plays into like social anxiety that plays into like all everything, right? I think like mental health or not, like Mm. people, I think as humans, we just have a lot of stories that we tell ourselves and then we, oh yeah you know, those stories that we tell ourselves, it's how it, uh, like it impacts how we wake up, how we show up, the jobs that we go after, the friends Mm. that we make, like, you know, the risks that we'll take. If we constantly think that, you know, everything that we do, the result of everything that we do is a reflection of like our worth, then it's a miserable, (laughs) it's a a miserable way to live in a lot of ways. Yeah. This reminds me, this is so random. I, I, I never thought about this, but I had a, a job outside, right when I graduated college. It's like, are you outgoing? Do you like people? And I'm like, yes, yes. And I was one of those that job <laughs> where you like it was uh, where you collect money and you're, hey, do you have a second for homeless children? Like one of those mm-hmm. jobs. And I was like 90-ish percentile rejection. And I just realized the technique I used that uh, works so well. But I tricked myself into thinking that when they were didn't want to give me money. They're doing something. They're doing me a favor, a huge favor. Yeah. So they'd like, sorry, sir, I'm not interested. <gasps> no worries. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, like in so gratitude that they're rejecting. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> when you look, when you don't look at it as a negative thing, then you know you're not like going to the next person, being like, okay, well, if they, you know, like you're not putting so much like pressure and expectations, or you know, again, like you're not attaching a story to like what the next person says, and I think that's like mm-hmm. the same thing. Like it makes me think of dating, you know, like I was just oh, thinking that. Yeah, like when something doesn't work out with one person a lot of people will form all these stories or the, you know, if something doesn't work out with that person, it kind of maybe solidifies or, or, um, uh, reinforces stories that you had from the people before yeah. or the person before. Right. But it's like, but really like when things don't work out with a person for whatever reason, it's like taking that as a positive thing, which is hard, right? Like we're humans, hard, we yeah. have hearts. It's hard, but like, that's something that I know that's been practice. Yeah. That's been my work for sure. And like my personal work for uh, the last couple of years and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, but I just see how it's not just about dating. It's about like, it's the way that I show up like that is the way that I show up for friends and the way that I show up for clients. It like, it's like all encompassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what you're saying. And then you, while you're, in your head about being rejected, you just missed out on a bunch of other possibility, like possible people to date or whatever. Yeah. It's same with like podcasts. I remember at the very beginning, I was like, all right, I don't know. How do I, how do I get a, a, someone to be on her podcast, et cetera. And then I had like a, a close friend and I asked him to be on the podcast and he totally rejected me. <laughs> and then to like, and I, I used that energy and I reached out to like 30 other people and, and most of them were better 
in my opinion, um, better uh, guests than he was. <laughs> like they fit, they fit more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's really just it always comes down to like how you how you choose to use situations. Yeah, all framing. You say it's raining? No, it's frame. All the frame. All the frame. Oh, the reframing. I thought Kyle just popped in with like, yo, it's raining. (laughs) It's raining up, I guess. Like, damn, we've lost Kyle. We've lost Kyle. (laughs) I forgot I was still on the (laughs) roof. It's like he's he's just like not with us anymore. He's like, oh, yeah, no, look at the rain. (laughs) (laughs) It's raining. Know. <laughs> it's good stuff um yeah. the um the therapist in the in the support group that i go to um just kind of go back to what you guys were talking about um one time she said i can't remember specifically what she said so it's kind of paraphrasing but she um said something along the lines that we were born with all of the self-worth that we needed like 100 self-worth Oof. and as yeah. we grew we lost it um because of you know whatever people put into us right like our culture and it not necessarily like saying that our cultures are bad or anything like that but it's just like because of some of these norms these social norms that we're taught like we start to lose some of that self-worth and at some point in our life we have this reawakening and then our life's like uh our life's goal is to kind of get back all that self-worth that we had in the first place so like when she said that, I just made me think like, oh, that's, I mean, that's true. Um, where did I hear this? Um, I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody, I, whether it was a podcast or it was on TV, somebody was like, um, look at a two-year-old and the confidence a two-year-old has. Like they're never like, oh, like somebody said no to me. Like they're always like, yeah, let's do this or yeah, let's do that. And like if we, again, kind of got in touch with our inner child, we would probably feel full of self-worth again that we were all born with and have that type of confidence to move forward. Kind of like what you're talking about, Jeremy, like all these people who are just like rejecting you and you're like, eh, like, let's just move on to the next one and see what happens because 10 people can reject you, but there's, it's not like there's only 10 people in this world. Like there's so many of us. Yeah. And this is you gave me like goosebumps because it just made me think of like it doesn't. So if you have a narrative within yourself that I am amazing, I bring, you know, value and I'm, I'm a gift to this world. You have that narrative in your head and someone says you're you're you suck. This isn't that it doesn't it doesn't match your internal narrative. So you ignore it. You're like, oh, that doesn't it mm-hmm. doesn't fit my narrative. I'm, oh, I'm amazing. So I'm just like, ignore it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's vice versa. Like you can have a narrative that like I I'm, I suck, I have no value, and then you can have like five, ten people say you're amazing. And you just ignore it because it just doesn't match your narrative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's like that's almost you know it, it's interesting that we we are so afraid of rejection in so many ways, and then like also you know like the way that we reject like the positive when our oh, yeah. you said when our when our narrative is you know. I'm not good enough. I'm this, I'm that, whatever. Like I'm not deserving. I'm unworthy, whatever. And then like somebody, um, and I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but that's definitely like something I've experienced and I've witnessed myself doing it where then somebody comes in and they're like, Oh, you know, wow. Like, you know, this was, you really impacted my life or you're, you know, they give me like a compliment or something. And it's like, there's this, like, uh, this internal like battle, you know, where I'm like, Oh, like, 
thanks, but like take it back, you know, or, 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 you know, where like, um, I noticed too, that a lot of times when it's hard for us to, ex- uh, to accept, um, like positive feedback, we reject the the positive feedback and it's like, Oh no, 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 you're so beautiful. No, 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 no. Oh, you're yes. amazing. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. What yeah. about you? You know, where you just like, you you push it back outward because it's hard to receive when that's your narrative for so long. So it's so it's interesting that we look for certain validation and then when we get it a lot of time, it's like we don't know what to do with it. It's like you know, yeah. hot potato. And we throw it like to the next. Yeah, it's been counter. I I went through that. I still sometimes go through it. And there's a layer underneath that as well. Like I had a, a therapist and she brought. She told me this and she. I remember she gave me a compliment. I brushed it aside and not that I was just being mean. I just didn't. You know, it was hard for me to believe. It. I was like, I'm paying you bunch of money and you're saying yeah. nice things because yeah you're paying you money you know and yeah. then she's like jeremy i don't know if you're realizing it you're not doing it on purpose but it's actually vulnerable to give someone a compliment yeah mm-hmm. and you're almost doing it you're you are doing a disservice by not just saying thank you sincerely and really taking it yeah that's crazy yeah. Actually, that's a great way to put it too yeah mm-hmm yeah, well, no, true. And then it's, yeah, like the people that are afraid of rejection are then doing it because when somebody gives them a compliment and we reject them, then it like probably, you know, yeah. like further like feeds into their narrative of like, oh, like I always get rejected, right? Or, yeah. like, and, and so then, it's just interesting how we all participate in this cycle. Cycle and this, it's, and then people are going to give compliments less because the last time, last five times they gave compliments, they, they're like reject, they rejected them. Yeah. Yeah, that actually, like, just, I never thought about it that way, just how, like, that cycle. Could uh, be never-ending if we don't break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Hey, hey Jimmy, you're you're amazing, bro. So, uh, <laughs> well, Jeremy, Kyle, both of you are amazing. Anna bullies me, uh, and I appreciate it very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Jeremy, yeah, I, you, you just perpetuated this cycle jimmy you didn't say thank you before you didn't receive i received it i said there i said no i didn't say i wasn't i said that they are too oh yeah okay so it's a you are too i accepted i accepted thank you thank you yes Um, if if you don't mind me asking just a, a little bit of a, of a pivot here, um, just during these unsettling times, like we've already talked about this, right? Like how we're all social distancing and we're all in our own homes, unfortunately, and we're not all in Anna's house or something like that. But, yeah. um, what are you guys doing right now to kind of keep yourself mentally healthy? Kind of like try to keep that sense of normalcy or maybe creating new routines or whatever it is, um, Kyle, like, what are you doing right now? Oof, Kyle starts. He's kind of writing a book on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my, my, my whole thing is uh, morning routines. Like, I I live and die by my morning routine almost. So, <laughs> uh, so that's something that's definitely changed for me a lot because I have, I have a very, like, sophisticated and really planned out morning routine. I do the same thing for, like, the first two you know, sometimes three hours in my day, like I literally make no decisions for, like the first at least two hours in my day. And I'm just like, in like kind of like autopilot and like just doing different mental health practices and stuff like that. And now I'm kind of, and now it's, it's been changed where I've been assigned new roles. You know, I'm, I'm now the, the teacher, principal and superintendent of my six year old. So I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
you know, I got two other kids as well. And, you know, I don't have a babysitter anymore and I'm supposed to be, you know, working from home and being the babysitter and the teacher and all that stuff at the same time. So yeah, I've definitely had to switch up my routine quite a bit. And yeah, that, that's been something that's been pretty tough. And, and it's been, it's been a uh, constant, I don't want to say struggle, but a constant, uh, just like change yeah change and challenge and kind of like going day by day like okay this works but this part uh, that i just tried today that sucked i'm not doing that anymore Mm -hmm. and so that's something i'm really working on it's just being able to i can't go back to my old routine right now it's it's not possible it's just isn't so now i'm just trying to refigure like you know first thing i used to do when i uh get up is you know meditate but now I'm, you know, I'm having to work out or work later out in the night while my kids are sleeping. I'm not able to get up before they're awake. So it's kind of hard to meditate when they're awake. So yeah, it's just a bunch of different changes, just trying to find uh, new flows. And if you can just get in a good flow and get in a really good routine, especially to start your day with, man, it, it makes makes the rest of your day so much better. And it's so much easier to handle any kind of challenges or anxiety that comes your way. So I, I really love morning routine. It's something that I'm working on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like, for like, I love routines too. For me though, I like, I'm not as militant with my routine, but I get why, like if I was a, a, a mom, I, I could totally see why I would need to. Um, but like for me, like my, my routine is like, I, I need to have like play in there. Like it needs to, I need to get like really excited about things. So mine, always looks different so it's interesting to hear like how we could both have routines but they could look so different yeah Yeah, i like the uh the fact that you just brought that up because that's like almost kind of the opposite spectrum of me so it's cool to hear that other side because yeah like i said i'm kind of like really scheduled but like that's like that's my thing like that's my gift i'm yeah, really, really organizing, scheduling all this He's stuff. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beautiful in the dynamic that Kyle and I have because, like, we 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 have those two spectrums covered in such a way. Like, I'm very gifted as far as connecting with people and just bringing my energy. I'm very animated. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> and, and and I use my sense of humor to kind of you know take down some shields to show I'm just another human being trying to connect. And yeah. and Kyle is just like the the scheduling ninja. I'm like Kyle, I got another girl one for you. I got another one cool. <laughs> He's like cool. All right, let me set this all up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Jeremy's just like, hey Kyle, I got the good goods. <laughs> like... <laughs> Today I'm sure I'm, I came out of him with all these like TEDx speakers. He's probably like, oh, wow, what the hell did you do? I was like, I was just playing. I was just playing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's literally just me too. Like, I, I need to just play and let things fall into place because, like, I, Jimmy, even like Jimmy sent me an email today and was like, hey, like, it was so simple and laid out for me. And I, like, still fucked it up. And, like, I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. You sent me a spreadsheet and I don't know what to do with that. I was like, I was having a dance party in my living room today. Like, I'm really sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. You told me that you were super, super busy all morning. Well, I guess a dance party is really busy. So, listen, <laughs> my dance, my dance parties are my medicine. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Here's a good plug. Listen to um, Gary Ware on Purposeful Play on her podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll tell you the science of play and how powerful it is. 
it's so important. I, like, that's really where my, like, I, I know it sounds cheesy, but that, that's, like, where my medicine is. Like, I, I have huh? to, like, take a step back and see life and even, like, the chaos of life as just, like, movement and just, like, energy and just, like, you know, just kind of play in, in all of that because it's not, like, that's really where – and it's not like I don't – I don't – I'm not realistic, right? Like, I know I'm dropped into, like, what's happening, current events and all, but, like, mm-hmm. I have to, like, stay in that or I just – I'm completely out of balance. But at the same time, you know, I think there's a time for, for structure and some people, like, need that structure to stay organized and, you know, like, it's, it's cool. A- it's a balance yeah it's a balance yeah structured yeah yeah and i think it's just like setting a certain amount of time like for now right now i'm gonna play and we had like we had i love like realizing all the stuff i'm learning from all these guests we're having um like one of our one of our uh psychotherapists was our one of our guests and she's talking about just having worry time (laughs) just having 10 minutes i'm gonna worry about everything and just over exaggerate just feel it all yeah Throughout the day, when you find yourself going to worry about about to worry, say, "Hold on, it's not worry time. It's mm-hmm. coming up it's at five o'clock." And then, even like I, I sometimes have to force play. Like even though I, even though I am a playful person, sometimes when I'm just in my head. Like I have a, a a towel and it's all colorful, and I call it the party towel. <laughs> <laughs> so Tell us more. <laughs> so I'm like drying off. I'm like dancing and like giggling and acting like a child. Yeah. <laughs> and afterwards, I feel so much better. Yeah. 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 For sure. No, it, it's it really is important, and I think like as adults, we get out of touch with that for sure. Um, which like to me, I'm like, oh, that's why kids are so happy, you know? And like, mm-hmm. there's even, um, I know Jimmy and I have talked about this, like, uh, we, it's either like grieving hour or, um, or, uh, grief hour or, um, for me, like when, especially around like anxiety and OCD, like if I, if there was stuff that I needed to focus on, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like I, I get it brain. I get that this is urgent right now, but like, how about we revisit this topic later today? You know, like how about mm-hmm. seven o'clock when I get home, right. Or whatever it is when I'm done with work. And then, um, you know, and then by like seven o'clock, usually I'd be like, wait, what was I even worried about before? Right. Like sometimes those, those worries feel so urgent in the moment. And then later on when you schedule like the time to actually, you know, address those sometimes they're irrational sometimes they're not right but like half the time i'm like oh wait why was i so worried about that like oh whatever you know but it helps Mm. to like schedule that time for sure yeah sometimes it's good to just let yourself feel and we talk about it a lot on 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 this podcast um because that's something that i learned again in my support group is was as anna mentioned the the grief hour and it's something that they've really taught us because again the support group that i go to is a support group of everyone um, who's there has lost someone to cancer right so especially coming off of it you know the first few years it's really really fresh and so our uh, group therapist tells us like if you schedule this time whether it's like to start your day, whether it's to finish your day, whenever it is that you have time to do it, but make sure you focus on feeling your emotions for that certain period of time because then you kind of like let yourself feel it and then you relieve yourself of it rather than just pushing it aside and then like having it grow on you. So yeah. what you were mentioning, Jeremy, like the the, um, the therapist that you had on, on your podcast that talks about worry time, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something I still have, I'm very 
uh, blessed and privileged to still have the ability to work from home. And we have webinars um, weekly now with um, with our benefits, uh, our HR or whatever. And they sometimes bring on the therapist as well. And they talk about how important it is to have that time. Let yourself feel everything. And then when your time is up, like by that time, normally you will have spent whatever that feeling was. And then you can move on with the rest of your day. Another thing that it reminds me of is um, I don't know if you guys watched Lost. I know Lost is a very old show now. But... Um, uh, one of the characters, Jack, who was supposed to be a surgeon, he actually talked about that um, in in the show. Like he had a story where he said, as a surgeon, he cut someone's like spinal cord and like uh, accidentally, and then like everything was just gonna go bad. So he gave himself ten seconds to feel all this panic that mm. of what he had done, and then when he finished, he counted to ten. He finished, and then he went to work. And then he was actually able to like fix everything up so that this person was still was not uh, paralyzed from like the waist down. I think that's what what the story was. Right. And, and, and I find that to be very true, especially nowadays. Right. We if we're not um, if we're not intentional about not being worried all the time, we're going to be worried all the time. Like I was worried all the time for the first maybe couple of days that I was working from home because like I had the TV on, I had Twitter notifications um, from like different news outlets hitting me up like, and I had the notification. So my phone was like, ding, 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 ding every two seconds. Right. Um, and then I realized like, this is, this is not good. Like I can't do this. So like I went and turned off all my notifications on Twitter. Um, I just go on there maybe once or twice a day now, never like right before bed. Cause that's not a good thing to do. Um, and I no longer like have the TV on some sort of news channel 24 seven because I just can't do that to myself. Like I find myself worried all the time about this, that or whatever. So, uh, being very intentional about it, having scheduled times, as you mentioned, uh, your guest said, Jeremy, just like kind of just, you know, allowing yourself to, to schedule different things. And like what Kyle said, like having some people are, are, are in a situation where they have to be very structured because of who they are supporting. Um, Kyle, I would say that you right now are working very much on your uh, adaptability skill and that you're probably going to be a master of it by the end of whenever this lockdown is done. So <laughs> um, yeah. that's something that you're definitely going to be really good at, I would say. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, but uh yeah, that's true. Because I've definitely been doing a lot of that. So I, it's getting better and better every day. So yeah, yeah. So I just think that we're all gaining a lot of skills if we're not plugged into the news cycle. I would say, or or other things that keep us worried all the time. We have this opportunity to build a ton of skills that we didn't think we would need or we had time to build. Whether it be our adaptability, whether it be being intentional about uh, what it is that we're focused on, uh, finding time to play, finding time to touch uh, or get in touch with our inner child, um, you know, just getting in touch with not being uh, fearful of rejection. And I think, you know, I, Anna, you and I have talked about this a couple of times, right? There's always a positive to to there's always a positive side to everything that we're going through, whether it's a good thing that or something we consider a good thing or a bad thing, which some people would call this time a very stressful time. So there's always a positive to it. So I think yeah. that, you know, if we're very intentional and, you know, having conversations such as this one with with the four of us, I think kind of lets us identify different things that we hadn't thought about before. 
and then we can put it into practice, which again, for you guys with your with with all of your guests that are coming down, you're going to have so many different ideas being thrown at you. If you just pick up like a couple from each one of them, like you might find yourself with a whole new arsenal of tools uh, to deal to to be able to use in your life during and then after what we're going through right now, which is going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, well, thank you. Definitely. <laughs> That's well said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, Jimmy's good with words. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I. 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 I hate to cut this short. I really have. Uh, both of us have really appreciated the time that you um, have set aside for to come onto the podcast on here on Healing Hour. Uh, we're really excited about what you guys are are, are going to continue on doing. Um, Jeremy, if you don't mind telling people where they could find you uh uh and then kyle and then where they could find social uh the social ninjas podcast go ahead and let us know right now where we can connect with you on on the internet of course uh my instagram is jeremy talks to strangers and i really do <laughs> yeah, you do <laughs> and, yeah yeah and our our podcast is the social ninjas Hey, Kyle, what's your podcast and your Instagram? <laughs> yeah, so if you want to listen to my podcast and you're tired of hearing Jeremy, then uh, go to the Social Ninjas. <laughs> Wait, is this Social Ninja or Social Ninjas? It's social just ninja. one ninja. <laughs> I'm ninja number one. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> like thing one and thing two. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, Anna. Bullying. That's the next, uh, that's the next shirt we're going to do, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and your Instagram, Kyle? Yeah, and my Instagram is social anxiety Kyle, and then I have underscores in between each word. And also, I have a uh, I have an online course. So if you do struggle with social anxiety, or you know someone that does. I have a program that I created called the Social Anxiety Warrior Academy, and you can check out that um, see what that's all about. SocialAnxietyWarriorAcademy.com awesome uh make sure uh to check out both of these lads and everything that they're doing uh again we were so happy that you have joined us on the podcast so thank you so much and um we look forward to hopefully continuing to um interact with you whether it be on pods or not uh in the future thank you very much guys thank you thank you